0: Brodo, fam. Before we start, we want to thank our sponsors at FanDuel. You want to know the only thing better than winning? It's winning cold, hard cash. And the best way to play fantasy football and win is with FanDuel. From double ups to giant tournaments and private contests, there are a million ways to win every single week. And if you sign up at FanDuel.com/slash Brodo Fantasy or Click on the link on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app. FanDuel will match 20% of your first deposit with your first bet up to $500. FanDuel is just handing out money for you to play with. Plus, Brodo has you covered. With optimizer lineups and weekly DFS articles on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, we'll help you come out on top. Sign up today, play some lineups, and win some cash. Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrotoFantasy.com. I'm your host, Tim Petrop, with my brothers, the only two twins that give you double that fantasy goodness, Michael and Jason Petrop. I can hear my son crying upstairs.
1: Yep, thin walls. Yeah, thin walls. Because you guys hear him crying all the time? Yeah, but it's, I, I tell you, it's cute for us. Because it's not loud enough to wake us up, and then I just laugh a little bit. Because I know you have to wake up.
0: The reason I could ask these questions is because for the first time ever, not for the first time ever, but the first time <laughs> in a damn long time since the <laughs> pandemic started. All three of us are doing this together in the same room, like right next to each other for real. Ew. Uh, you wouldn't know this because Michael hasn't said a word yet.
1: we party starters. Hey, what we're we're me me you see? Really you guys talking about your baby party. crying? <laughs> and uh, right now we are downstairs from my, uh,
0: obviously my baby's room.
1: Look at Michael just mad. Mad dismissive of your child. That's why he's the worst uncle. Damn, it's fucked up. Well, also, for those, just about your ch- for those f- talking for those trying to figure baby. out <laughs> the math too,
0: um, Jason and Michael are roommates in the apartment under me. Yes, yeah. So I have the apartment over them, and Michael's actually moving into a new apartment soon. That's be, true, with his with his girlfriend. Congratulations. Great. Thank you. Thank you. Taking the next Ooh, step. Yeah. Jason already lives with his girlfriend. Ooh, yeah. Johnny lives with Ooh, his girlfriend. So Michael's the last the the last domino to fall. We all live with our girlfriends now. And, well, for me, I have my wife and, and and slash baby
1: mama. I have to go back to Ithaca for, like, three more days this week, and then I'm done for the semester as well. woo That sounds great. Yep. The, the least time I could be in Ithaca during the winter, the better. It also, gets cold as a motherfucker. Also, by
0: the way, uh, this is the post-Thanksgiving. So, happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Hope you yeah. had some good food, good eats, good times. We did. Yeah. We definitely did. Uh, that That... Pumpkin pie you were talking about, Jason, that you kept hyping up before. It's crack. It was really good. Yeah, I just know. had Delicious. some before you came in.
1: Roxana bought a smaller pie for us to have as well. Ooh, nice.
0: That's cheap. Yeah, if you want
1: a slice, let me know.
0: I you know I'm back on <laughs> no <Oaks> excuse <East> November. <laughs> right. I gotta get back on the grind. Um. Also, oh, damn, well, I had something important to say and I can't remember right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Now that we're all together, we could tell you about the thing that we created together. You
1: see what you see. Nah, that was trash. What? So that was trash. That Michael was just trash. continues to be very dismissive today. Nah, he know. just took mad long to say that. He's he's like the jealous brother. Like, oh, Jason's back. I, I like, like I it better when he's virtual.
0: He's also, like, staring at his phone right now because he doesn't, he doesn't have a computer in front of him, so it makes it look like he's, like, one of those guys that's like, oh, I'm going to check. Yeah, I got my notes on my, check my phone. You guys and your, I, I need gotta, my laptop my devices. <laughs> I need the large screens to see. Anyway, there is one thing you can get on your phone, and that's the Fantasy Football by Broto app, our pride and joy, the only free Fantasy football app that you need to dominate fantasy. And with the playoffs coming up, it's more important than ever. What do you get on this? You get the fantasy player cards, start, sit tools, player comps, podcasts, consistency charts, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, game logs, advanced stats, every single advanced stat you need, including the game-changing, time-tested stats, true throw value, true performance value, and true target value, and our newest stats, adjusted air yards, and one of the most important things you could do in preparing to find sleepers or anything is points over average, defensive points over average, which is available not only on the app but also online. And the reason that you can get all of that for free is because of our great patrons over at patreon.com slash fantasy. Don't forget to please check us out over at patreon.com slash fantasy to support the show and to give us and to get a whole bunch of extras, including a po- a waiver pod that is again more important than ever. Uh Previews of the Thursday games, the Twins actually did previews of the of all three Thursday games on Dude. Patreon this week, uh, free for all of our Patreon members and for everyone else who's going to patreon.com, uh, access to our Discord, the greatest community ever, the DFS optimizer that's been cashing out every single week and tons more all at patreon.com/brodo fantasy. Woo-wee. That's Boom. A, that's a that's a mouthful but we have a we have a lot to offer that's why it's a mouthful About a brisky speaking of a lot to offer one thing that we don't offer on this show that I think we should start offering is using uh NFL odds and NFL uh over unders to kind of guide our thinking um and so I'm gonna do that today I'm gonna try that out you guys let us know if you like it uh i for me personally I only go check the over unders if I don't if I need to confirm, like, hey, I think these are two good offenses, like, let me just confirm that this is a high-scoring game. Sometimes it surprises me, but most of the time I have a good sense of that on my own. But the reason why I have a good sense of that is because I've been I've been breaking this shit down for six years now. Break it down now. Break, yeah. break it down now. What these point spreads do is if you don't have that natural kind of instinct for these teams, then... It really gives you that baseline. So I think we're gonna start with that. And let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. The Pitts, the Bengals are three and a half point favorites. Uh, for those who don't know what that means, as we go on the, as we go forward, three and a half point favorites means the Bengals are projected to win by three and a half points or more, and that's what you bet. If you bet the Bengals to win, they have to win by at least three and a half points. If you bet the Steelers to win, they can lose by as much as three and a half, as much. As three and a half points, and you still win. You Dude, know what's one the, of our. Like,
1: the easiest way to remember odds that people don't really talk about, I don't know, like, because that's the point of odds, right? Like, everyone always says that you need to win by three or lose by three, yada, yada. Like, plus three and a half just means at the end of the game, you add three and a half to that team's score. That's the easiest. That's the easier one for you because you're a. No, a person. right? It's easier. It's 27 30. You add to 30 and a half to 30. That, per, that team tis how it works. wins. Oh, oh, your,
0: your twin confirms, you, of our... confirms you're correct. <laughs> do you know how many times in my life I've had to look at Michael? We'll I'll look say at Jason. This once, Michael will look at Jason, or Jason will look at Michael, be like, right, and then be like, right, and he'll just be like, oh, okay. And you're yeah, agrees because. You, so you're right. It, typically,
1: when me and Jason agree with each other, we're at right. Look at so that. I don't know what to Oh, tell yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Oh, th- that, is, that doesn't sound cocky at all. Anyway, so I'm just mad say. that his <laughs> ideas are typically to do. One of my our ideas uh, are amazing. One of our boys is in like a pick 'em contest against a spread every week and he's been coming to me and Jason for um for help and we've been absolutely killing it. Like I'm very upset that New York does not have legal betting yet because i have been crushing it. One of the things we could find on the on the app that I didn't mention too was
0: we have a friend, uh not a friend, he he well, I guess he's become a friend. Uh he reached out to us. He has this betting algorithm that he that he runs. Um Adrian, what's his last name? Medeiros. Adrian Medeiros. Arian. You're the worst. Name I'm is. sorry, Arian. You're right. That's my fault. Arian <laughs> Well, I, well I, got, I got to give him his, his props because he's hooking us up. And he's, he put his betting algorithm that's been above 9% returns, which if you know, like if you're at 51%, um, that's great in, in betting. So he's got a, a, a margin by not just 1%. He's got a margin by 9%. So, uh, we have those on the app right now, too, so check them out. So, let's start with the first game because we've got to get into this to breaking it down. we got 12 games for you in this and I just jam-packed episode.
1: Santiago Casanova's betting um, algorithm has also been killing it, and that's part of our Patreon. It's
0: his, ca- his algorithm is next level. It's been Cats. very, very, very good It's been good amazing. This it's been over it's 60%. It's first time
1: testing it, and it's been tremendous.
0: Yeah, so uh, the, the algorithm's looking good. All right, let's go to the first game. The Pittsburgh Steelers at the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, like I said, the point spread. Uh, the Cincinnati is favored by three and a half, which, by the way, really means they're only favored by a half a point. This, if these teams are playing on a neutral field, they give three points for the home team every single time. And the over-under is 45 points, which means not... Is that true? Like
1: People say that. I feel like people not in true. Vegas... I don't know, man. 100%. I'm not buying People in Vegas it's aren't like it's stupid. It's, it's
0: 100% true. They're not
1: just going to say, oh, home th- plus three, let's no, begin. That's how they do it. No. I'm it's telling you this Maybe... Home field no. factors into their equation, but they don't just say, here's plus three, let's start. Yes, it, yes they do. That's not how it works. I'm telling you. There's way too much math to go in it to just say plus three. Okay, now let's Las begin. Vegas oddsmakers say that home field advantage is generally worth around 2.8 points. So it's not always. But generally, they give it three right, points. Yeah, I just wanted to clarify that it's no, not wait. just plus three. Oh. All right, let's get started. No. Anyway, <laughs> um, so... Implied
0: low score, and it makes sense because the Cincinnati Bengals are 30th in plays run. This team turns around and hands the ball to Joe Mixon. That's all they do. Um, and then they throw some deep bombs to Jamar Chase. That's been the game plan for the Bengals, and they've been up and down doing that. The Steelers, on the other hand, Big Ben, had a pretty good game last game. So let's get to the weapons here because this, this, you know, Vegas says it's going to be a low-scoring game, but this seems like a, a place where you could find a lot of fantasy value here. Um You're playing Joe Mixon. You're playing Najee Harris, the running backs in this game. They're workhorses. Uh, Joe Mixon's seven straight games with a touchdown.
1: He's on a downtrend, and no one seems to care. Because he keeps getting the the work. That's correct. He keeps getting the work. I do not care. Except he's been way more inefficient, and he hasn't seen as many targets as he was seeing in the beginning of the year. Just saying. This guy, he's still been good. He's been good, but he's on a downwards trend, and no one really wants to point that out. It's not great heading down the stretch that he's been doing worse, even if it's still been good.
0: Hopefully, he'll
1: do worse. And a little it's, more. Not a, it's not a difficult matchup here against City, Right, just either. A little, just a little nitpicky. It being a little nitpicky because that's what we got to do. He's been a top 14 running back every week since week two. I'm aware. I'm just saying. He's I, been I, on I a see downward, no downward, kid.
0: It's, he's just getting so Taking much damn look. work. Right. And this is not so, this is, no, so the running backs are playable in this game. Yeah. I think both quarterbacks are not playable this game. Uh, TJ Watt is back. What? Mika Fitzpatrick is back. So the Steelers' defense has a bone to pick with. after looking like they did last week. Uh, this is a team that they've traditionally dominated. So I'm not really looking Joe Burrow or Ben Roethlisberger's way in this game.
1: I agree, man. I have Joe Burrow on our home team league, and I, I'll get to Kirk Cousins later, but I'm starting Kirk Cousins over him. Burrow has been disappointing two games in a row now, um, almost outside the top 24 in both. He recently said that the team needs to establish the run more, which is not something you want to hear from a guy who's throwing the ball. And like you said, Watt and Fitzpatrick expected back. Burrow has not been seeing the... He had a volume spike at one point in the season, and now last week he's back down to 29 passes, which isn't awful, but it's not the... 38, 40, that he was seeing before that. So I'd prefer not to ride with Burrow this week. Yeah, I have him just outside the top 12. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm going to, I feel like this could be a little bit of a surprising game out of Cincinnati where it's not a Joe Mixon game where he doesn't end up in the end zone for the first time in like seven weeks seven. and he disappoints a little bit. And then Jamar Chase and company have a nice day because the Steelers, Steelers have been decent against quarterbacks. Um, Middle of the pack. They've been better against running backs and tight ends, but they've been 10th in points over average against opposing wide receivers. We've seen them get beat by opposing wide receivers. Do they have Joe Hayden? I think Joe Hayden's still out. I don't think he's due back this week, um, which is never good for them to not have Joe Hayden. And they got Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins, and company. Um, T. Higgins is getting – like he's one of the uh, Twitter darlings right now who's getting – Regression love because he's all the things are there the target share the yards uh, per attempt and all that it just hasn't been working out so some people think he's due for regression. It's been a disappointing season for T. Higgins. You have to admit, um, I was high on him this year. It's not been great, but I, I think this could end up being a pass heavier game for Cincinnati. Um, if if Joe Mixon's not able to get going on the ground, and we know that he's not the most efficient running back by any means, and he's certainly been getting uh buoyed a bit by rushing touchdowns this a year. Lot.
0: But it, it's it's the same thing as Najee Harris. Like both of them have been almost equally as inefficient. It's just you know if you keep getting the ball over and over again, you're gonna do something about it. On the other side, Deontay Johnson is kind of like he he's like you know cranberry sauce. You just you just you put him on everything and he goes well. Um, he he keeps getting targeted. He keeps catching balls. He's a, in PPR is even better but you're playing him he's a top he's always a top 24 option. Mm-hmm. The other option is is Chase Claypool. You saw Chase Claypool get hyper targeted and have a good game last week. Big Ben is looking a little better, but this Bengals defense has been good. Jason, what is uh your outlook on on Mr. Claypool?
1: Yeah, Claypool was definitely like good to see last week him come out with that performance and nine targets is the most he saw since week 3, guys. Like so it was very good to see. Um the thing is, you can't just forget, like, recency bias is one hell of a drug, and you can't just forget the struggles Claypool had before last week. This should be a good matchup. Um, Cincinnati doesn't have the m- most imposing uh, defense. Let's see where they're at. Wide receivers, defensive over average. They're actually good at 24th. So they're 24th, so they're decent. Um, but it's not like they're 32nd or, like, the Bills oh, lost White. So I'm I'm losing train of thought here. But Claypool... Looking at the receivers this week, I'm starting him happily as a wide receiver three. I think it's a weak week for receivers. Um, wide receivers just, suck. I even, said it last week. Receivers suck. Two. There's a lot of injuries with Lamb and Cooper and whoever else, and then and A.J. Brown, and we already have Tyreek Hill and DeAndre Hopkins on bye. So I'm starting Claypool, but not as exciting as you might think, considering what he did last week. Eric
0: Ebron, Out. Looks yeah, like is. it's the Fryar show from here on out. Uh, they, look, it's looking good for him.
1: Yeah, I mean, me and Tim bet Friar a couple weeks up. ago. Fryar I bet Tim Fryar over Hawk rest of season. Um, it's been close, mm. I think, over the last mm. couple weeks. But You're
0: being buoyed by that zero. Yeah, Boo-ey. but I mean, he got
1: Fryar also had a three point six week because Mason Rudolph was that quarterback. But he found the end zone again last week with big Ben under center. Um, only he's seven targets, only eleven yards before receptions, and of course. The touchdown, he's been a big part of that offense ever since Juju went down. Touchdown in three of the last four games. Um, I think it's fairly obvious at this time that Pat Friermuth is a big part of that offense and deserves to be started as a tight end one um, weekly at this point. So I'm firing up some Pat Friermuth. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? Proto FF Friermuth. Uh, I mean, on the other side of the receiving ball, you're, you're, it's it's crazy how good Jamar Chase is already. Like He's just someone we don't even have to talk about. Cause it's just, well, Michael yeah. talked about Jamar Chase and T Higgins. All right. Yeah. Well, I guess I missed that. And I'm not buying into the Tyler Boyd. Because it was so quick because of how good Jamar Chase is. I'm not buying into the <laughs> Tyler Boyd game from last week. It's, he's the tertiary option. Ty- Tyler Boyd,
0: first of all, tertiary, bar is large. Second of all, Tyler Boyd can should only be considered to start when... You are desperate. There's got to be a desperation play. Tyler Boyd. Because he's not the worst player to have on your bench uh, and start in a pinch or if there's an injury. But he's not a guy you want out there every week. Um, Let's go on to our next game. The Carolina Panthers at the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins are one-and-a-half point favorites, and the over-under is 42. So low-scoring affair on the horizon, according to Vegas. Let's start on the Carolina Panthers side because – Cam Newton had a big game last week. Do you expect him to have a big
1: game again? I think you have to. Yeah, I uh, agree. This is all lining up for him to have another big game. When we're looking at quarterbacks, point, points allowed. The Dolphins come in at sixth, and Cam Newton just came out running last week. Forget about what he does through the air. If he scores a rushing touchdown, he's almost guaranteed to at least be a high-end RB, uh, see, RB, quarterback two. <laughs> he was quarterback five last week. He was even quarterback 18 the week against Arizona when he threw four passes. <laughs> like, if the Panthers are going to use him as a goal line running back, it sucks for McCaffrey. But McCaffrey's still putting up 20-plus points a game anyway because he's so involved that you, you have to, basically you have to start Cam Newton this week. I have my quarterback eight. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. But
0: what about his weapons? Terry McLaurin. Uh the Dolphins have been much better against against the the defense, the, the the offenses that they've been playing, particularly the wide receiver, uh in the past few weeks. But overall on the year, they are first in points over average. They are the best matchup for wide receivers. How wanna
1: be? The very best.
0: But you gotta remember that was a long time. There's been a long time where the Dolphins went on a stretch where their two top cornerbacks uh were not healthy. So how do you feel about these receiving options? I
1: Curtis Samuel practicing again. Uh any Curtis interest? Samuel.
0: Yeah, yeah. Practicing again.
1: <laughs> Curtis I'm gonna give you like seven more seconds. To think about the fact we're talking about the Patriots Dolphins, <laughs> and you said Curtis Samuel. <laughs> the Panthers is Dolphins. Again. You guys are both Panthers. fucking morons. Sorry, oh, Panthers word. Dolphins. Word I'm bugging. You. Panthers. <laughs> I said uh, Patriots. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about oh, man.
0: Curtis Samuel is practicing, but that's for a different team. Turkey egg yeah. over, boys. Um yeah, and I talked about Terry McLaurin. What are we? Where are you guys? Where are you guys letting me go off the rails right now? Oh man, I, that's who. <laughs> that's who Cam Newton demolished last Turkey week. Turkey angle. Yeah, yeah, guys, I ate dairy for the first time in like years last night, and I'm feeling, not years feeling plain. Nah, for real though. Like
1: no, for real though. Has it hasn't been months. years? Yeah, months. More like it. Like a lot of months.
0: <laughs> like before the summer. Like before my son was born. I haven't had dairy since
1: then. Um, now that my son is born. <laughs> Panthers offense. Oh, Thank man. you. Please. DJ Moore.
0: Jason, start with you since you're the only one on the rails right now. How do you feel
1: about DJ Moore? On the rails. Don't be on the edge. Uh, DJ Moore finally found the enzyme last week. Enzyme. Whoa, whoa. A whoop whoop. So you're firing him up. Like we just said, wide receiver is an ugly group these days. Um, Almost getting to tight end level, really. And when you have someone like DJ Moore... You, you pr- basically have to start them, and it was very good to see him find the end zone last week. Seven targets is a decent amount. You'd like to see him get a little more, but he went five for 50. Uh, it's been four games in a row now with eight or less targets. When he was hot in the middle of the season, he was seeing 12 targets a game. So you do like to see more work, and the Miami matchup is a good one for him to see more work. Miami, as you said, is just a great matchup for receivers, first in defensive points allowed. So fire up DJ Moore. Uh, what I'm not any- touching Robbie Anderson yeah. or any of those yeah. other folks. Yeah, I me. Mean, oh, they're a bunch of scrubs. Terrace Marshall sucks. All right, fucking Brandon Zilstra. Come on with those.
0: Um, on the Panther side, you're starting Cam. You're starting DJ Moore. You're starting CMC. You're not really thinking about anybody else. Yeah. No. Let's go to the Dolphin side. Now the Panthers on on the low last year. Matt Rule came through and drafted eight defensive players. And although people are giving Matt Rule shit for his offense not having it together, his defense has it all the way together. Go uh, inc- according to points over average, which is a Bro- Brodo exclusive stat that adjusts uh, points, fantasy points scored against, to only the players that the players that the teams have played. The Panthers are, Panthers are the 29th best matchup against the quarterback. The 28th best matchup. Against the wide receiver, the twenty-first best matchup because it's the tight end and the dead last best running defense in the league that we've seen many many times. Miles Gaskin is not in consideration for starting. And if you thought that this is the week where you're like, oh, I'm going to sneak a Philip Lindsay in here, like that's not going to happen either. He just he just signed. Am I bugging for not wanting to start any Dolphins in this game? Jalen Waddle, I think, and Kosicki. Okay. Uh, all right, fine, Kasiki. But even Jalen Waddle, I'm, I'm I'm having hesitations for.
1: Jalen Waddle has become a very consistent player at this point, mostly for PPR. Mostly in PPR, right. he's a yeah.
0: he's a he's a Hunter
1: Renfro. Uh, he's had more receptions than Hunter Renfro. I mean, this guy he had four receptions two weeks ago, but eight um, last week, eight the week before that. Like he's become a consistently solid wide receiver three in PPR leagues, a little lower in a. Um, Half PPR leagues, but I I wouldn't shy away from him here against Carolina, even though it's a tough matchup. Miles Gaskin is the one that scares me the most because, one, just like JD McKissick, he's been on and off all year, except Gaskin has actually continued that trend, and his good games have been in good matchups. Those just happen to mainly be on the off-on, and this is one of the most difficult matchups he's had um, this season. And the thing is with Carolina – they're 21st in points over average against running backs rushing-wise, 32nd receiving-wise, and that's where Gaskin has been doing most of his damage this year. He's been unbelievably inefficient on the ground. On On 123 rush attempts, he only has 433 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. Ugh. Yeah, most of his damage has been done through the air. 52 targets, 41 receptions. The yardage, 290 yards, is gross with the receptions before reception touchdowns as well. So this is not... But look, he's he's gonna get a ton of work, which always makes him a viable flex play or RB two if you need to. But man, it's not the week that you want to trust Miles Gaskin.
0: What about Kasiki, Jason? You yeah, I mean you gotta play him at this point. Yeah, of course, he's been mad good, man. Let's go over to the next game: the Tennessee Titans at the New England Patriots. As of right now, the Patriots are favored by six and a half points with an over under of forty three and a half. So another implied low score in this game, and it's not hard to see why. Um, In terms of the Titans, it is official. The Titans have been bit by the bug, uh, the injury bug, and it is spreading throughout the locker room. A.J. Brown has been ruled out as his terrible season continues. Jeremy McNichols missed practice on Friday. Marcus Johnson is on the IR. The backups to the backups are on the IR right now. Um, Nick Westbrook, Akinne? Akina, Akina. Doncho Hilliard.
1: Dante Foreman, Tannehill. Like I, I kind of feel bad for the You Can't really titans. play any of these guys. I love how Tim called Deontay Foreman, Dante yeah, Foreman sorry, for Deontay. so many years, and I was calling him Dante, and you just can't get Deontay correct. I can't get Deontay correct. Guys, like, if we're being honest, the most enticing option is Dontrell Hilliard. Yeah, I right? agree. Seven rushes yeah. and eight catches last time out, ten targets. And there like was the also that just, weird-ass game against the Jets when Tannehill – had no receivers, no Julio or Brown, and he targeted Jeremy McNichols like 12 times. Even when Derrick Henry was healthy. Well, yeah, now that's Dontrell Hilliard. That's what I'm saying. Like, Tannehill's done that twice this game now in 11 games. This year. This year. Yeah. And we've seen Dontrell Hilliard be successful in the past.
0: It's not like... Yeah, eh, debatable. Yeah, let's be <laughs> hey, real. He's been, oh, he's like he's been okay before. before. Yeah, one or two games he's done it. He's done it in the NFL before.
1: Anywho. This is a really tough... Something. The... the Patriots are coming off, like, one of the best stretches ever in not allowing touchdowns. It's Fuck been, like, two straight patients, games. Um, they didn't allow Atlanta to find the end zone once, um, I don't think, that last That team week. sucks. Atlanta's really struggling, yeah. So, I mean, it's not yeah. ideal to be going up against the New England Patriots this week. They're, they have, or this year, um, or lately, but they, they've been most, um, where you could attack them the most is on the ground. Um, that's where their points over average are below average, and then the rest is very close to top of the league. So maybe, maybe Hilliard could end up catching some passes, but you gonna trust AP to fall into the end zone? I wouldn't want to. Ryan Tannehill is gonna have to. AP's throw you. gone, bro. I mean, not AP. Um, Deontay Foreman to fall into the end zone. I wouldn't want to. And you got Nick Westbrook-Akina and company, like you mentioned. It's just total yuckers. Gross. One of these guys might end up being. Flex viable, RB2 viable, wide receiver 3 viable, but I wouldn't want to bet on it if I didn't, if I wasn't forced into it.
0: On the other side, you have to imagine that the Titans are not going to put up a lot of points in this game. So, yeah. therefore, the Patriots are going to try and control the ball, run the clock out, a lot of DeAndre Stevenson.
1: Ramondre, goodness Ramondre, gracious. No,
0: yeah, yeah. A lot of Ramondre Stevenson. I literally have brain fog, for real. So, sorry about the names. Uh, a lot of Ramondre – a lot of Damian Harris. I almost said Damian Williams. A lot of Damian Harris. <laughs> I mean, those are the two my two favorite plays in this game. I think they're both playable in this game. I guess if you want to give a shot to a big a big play, you can start Kendrick Bourne. He's been the best of the receivers. I like the two running backs and then I'm iffy about everybody else.
1: Yeah, I mean, and the unfortunate thing is that the Titans have been a pass funnel type defense. Tennessee is twenty fourth in points against for running backs, but second for receivers. But it's just not a game where you expect the receivers to eat. And it's just not how the Patriots play. So I do expect Harris and Stevenson to uh, vulture each other a bit in a game where the rushing might be hard to come by. But Tennessee, just they probably just can't keep up. Like It's going to be ugly. So those two guys are decent starts, although I'm not like rushing to start them.
0: Uh, Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game?
1: I mean, I... Hunter Henry is a very touchdown-dependent option. We've mentioned that um, several times. Can he catch a touchdown against Tennessee? Absolutely. Will he? Who knows? You're either going to get like two or nine from the guy because he does nothing besides catch receiving touchdowns.
0: And Mac Jones, you're not playing
1: at this point. Yeah, you can't trust Mac Jones as a fantasy quarterback either.
0: Let's go over to the next game, the Philadelphia Eagles at the New York Giants. The Giants are three-and-a-half-point underdogs at home. Uh, The over-under is 45-and-a-half. This is a matchup that's going to feature no Sterling Shepard and no Kadarius Toney as the shuffle at Giants wide receiver continues. So let's start on the Giants wide receiver side. The Eagles have been the very best at <laughs> the Eagles have been the very best at stopping the wide receiver in fantasy. Kenny Galladay's been sucky. He's sucked real bad. Um well, I, it? You know, Slayton stereo Slayton Tony and Shepard or Ingram Hull. Like It's just a whole bunch Of Giants options that uh, Pass catching wise Are just ugly And Daniel
1: Jones Hasn't been nearly good enough To
0: even make them That guy sucks bro are We How long have we been Saying that on this show A long time All the Giants fans that giving me heat About their great Of uh, great defense And their quarterback Is about to take the next step God I, I want a, I want a fucking Victory
1: lap on them so bad But I'm stopping myself Tell you one thing: a lot of people are on the Evan Ingram week. Yeah, um, the Eagles are. It six, makes sense. Allow sixty point seven points over average to opposing tight ends. Second in the league, 60 only behind point the Colts. 7%. Sixty point seven percent. Yeah. So if uh, um, if your tight end averages ten points a game, that means he's expected to score sixteen points that game, which is quite absurd um, when you look at it that way. That's a whole extra touchdown, and with Shepard out, Tony out. Maybe it just might be an Evan Ingram game. I hate chasing narratives like that when the guy's been just so mediocre for years. But when it sets up this nicely where it's Galde on the outside against Darius Slay and then Darius Slayton and CJ Board and shit like they just fired their OC. Maybe maybe it does end up being an Evan Ingram week. I would not be against going after Evan Ingram just one more time.
0: Evan Ingram has been, if I'm not mistaken, uh, a, a tight end one in two of his last three games. Yeah, he hasn't So been it's awful. not as if you're playing a guy that's a complete, um, no holds barred, like, shot in the dark. He finishes tight end nine, week seven through 11, tight end 13, 9, 9, 34. So you're looking at a low ceiling, but again, this is a, a little bit of a better game for him. So, yeah. you know, it could be. Uh, what about Saquon? You, what are your expectations for Saquon?
1: I'm just like waiting for the day where he just doesn't have an injury designation. <laughs> like, he keeps playing. Well, he keeps having designations and then his game time decision, but then he plays. This week, I expect him to play. They haven't listed as questionable, but he's he's um, practiced all week. He p- played last week. But even last week, he got tripped up and then hurt his ankle for a couple plays. And he barely got any work on the ground. He had six rushes last week. And... Like, the most rushes he's had in game this... He's a one game with more than 13 rushes this season. So it's not like they're trying to establish a run when Saquon's on the field. He just gets some targets. Like, I... Gone might be the days where Saquon Barkley... The very limited days where Saquon Barkley was a sure-fire top three running back. I think he's more of a high-end RB2 than a high-end RB1 these days. Just because the... He's always an injury risk, and the offense is so bad. My favorite play, again, one of f-
0: my favorite plays, the same defense that I've been riding for the last two weeks. I'm riding them again against the the turnover-prone Giants, turnover-prone quarterback, uh, and this is a team that's been getting their turnovers. So I am uh, I'm riding with the Eagles' defense again in this game. Let's go to the Eagles' offensive side. Jalen Hurts has been much better at quarterback recently, and that's been good for Devontae Smith, who... Has been playing well, Uh, but, you know, he's still up and down. How are you guys feeling about the uh, battery of Hurts and Smith?
1: Yeah, Devontae Smith has been very contingent upon uh, Jalen Hurts' passing volume most weeks. Uh, The last several weeks, he's had some big games even with low passing volume, but then it came back down to earth against New Orleans where only six targets, four receptions, 61 yards, this is now several games in a row. Like, he has not had five receptions. Guess since when, guys? When was the last time he had, excuse me, more than five receptions? Week two. No, not that long Seven. Ago. Week five was the last time he had more than five receptions, which mm-hmm. makes this Irish. guy a semi-touchdown touch dependent. He does, but it makes him semi-touchdown dependent. You want big a guy play dependent, at least. who could catch, or big play dependent, yeah, who could catch more than five balls. And it's been a, it's been a very long time since that happened. Um, and that's because this offense has completely changed over, over the last, like, several weeks where they've become a much more run-based team. And we saw that last week again with Miles Sanders' return, even with him losing a fumble. They kept running with him. Um, and Jalen Hurts went crazy on the ground against New Orleans. Shout-out to uh, the Broto app for New Orleans, showing that New Orleans is nasty at allowing opposing quarterbacks to run all over them. Um, and the Broto stat told you guys that um, points over... Average, broken down into rushing and passing for QBs. Um, and Jalen Hurts absolutely super cool. put in work there. And uh, he's a must-start option every single week. You start him no matter what at this yeah. point.
0: The separation between running back rushing and running back receiving, I can't even, like, stress how important that is. I can't fantasy. even stress how
1: important it is. Miles Sanders, yo, I feel like this is one of the most pivotal Miles Sanders games of all time, according to his fantasy value because there are many, 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 many people out there who out of nowhere are treating this guy like he's a league-winning running back.
0: I think it's because you figure that the Eagles have been winning by rushing the ball 30 times a game.
1: I know, but he just went 16 for 94 on the ground, which is very nice, but only saw one target, no receptions. That's what Miles Sanders is. Boston Scott was catching passes. So it's like, let's pump the brakes a little bit. This is a tremendous matchup here against the Giants, so I'm excited for it if you have Miles Sanders as an RB, two and we'll see if he's able to build upon that first game back. But I think people are going a little too crazy like saying Sanders could win leagues now that he's back and healthy, when it's been like two years now of very, very mediocre play and not living up to what you want from him from a fantasy standpoint.
0: I think it's also people assuming that he's going to get the entire workload when Michael mentioned, first of all, the Giants are giving up almost 10 points in the air to running backs per game. Um, That's 9.3% over average, so... Uh, a good matchup for the receiving running back. But I think that's going to be Boston Scott. Guys, I have a, a pop quiz for you. Only Shoot. one running back has received over 50% of the carries in a single game for the Eagles this year. Who was it?
1: Is this a trick question? Can I say Jalen Hurts or does it have to be a running no, back? No, it's good. Jordan, Jordan Howard? Jordan Howard. Yeah, yeah I knew it was him And
0: he's out now. So this is obviously a split backfield. And you have to treat it as such? I I think Boston Scott has a little bit of sneaky play potential.
1: Yeah, I'm not doing that. If you're desperate Me either. And I, I think I think he does. Um probably firing up Goddard. Um, definitely.
0: This is a great matchup for him.
1: Yeah. I mean he got, I guess, off the schneid last week with a five for sixty two. That's good enough if you're a tight end. Uh, but hasn't hasn't exploded like Ertz has uh, when Ertz left, like we thought. He's been decent. You're, you're firing up just because you have to at this point and hope for better things ahead.
0: Let's go on to our next game. The Atlanta Falcons at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ugh, next. <laughs> the Falcons mm. are two-point favorites on the road with an over-under of 45-and-a-half. I think one of the things that is good about this game, though, is it, it's pretty straightforward, right? The Jaguars, you're definitely playing James Robinson. And you're excited about it. The question is, do you have the balls to start either... Get get ready for Michael to, to have a nervous breakdown. LaVisca Sinolt. I thought
1: you were going to keep going.
0: No, and you just hate LaVisca Um yeah. LaVisca Sinolt or Marvin Jones in this game uh,
1: against a very beatable defensive matchup. That's the thing. You have a good matchup, but then you also have the Jacksonville Jaguars offense, which is a great matchup for opposing defenses. <laughs> like, it goes both ways. I'm not one to chase bad um bad offenses. Um that's something I that's something I leaned into more this year when it came down to drafting players who's on a better offense. And I'm having a pretty damn successful fantasy season thus far. So I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna chase these guys just because they should get a lot of work or they could get a lot of work when they've proven the entire season that they should not be trusted. I mean LaVisca Chenault has one double digit performance. We're entering week twelve. And I don't, I don't care if he gets an extra two rushes now because Urban Meyer said maybe he'll get some rushes in the backfield. Cool, two rushes for 14 yards. Take I probably the 1. Would have been points. Hyped about Agnew if he wasn't hurt. Kind of upsetting. I definitely, for, yeah. for sure. Because now like Laquan Treadwell is getting burned, and fuck out of here with Tavon that. Tavon Austin. He's, yeah. Like the only guy you can consider is Marvin Jones, and he's just been so bad. And AJ Terrell has been one of the best corners in the league. He's the only bright spot of that Falcons defense.
0: Not playing them if I don't have to. There's going to be a lot of... Dan shimals. Arnold. Mr. Da, no Target Arnold. I mean, you're definitely going with Dan Arnold. It's a great matchup, and he's probably going to get mad targets. I he, think so. He got I mad mean, targets last week, too. He just didn't
1: work out. Well, no. He had zero targets. But every week before that, he had no targets. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He wasn't targeted? Or he didn't have any catches? You no, know, both, dude. He just wasn't in the offense. Who
0: am I Who am I thinking about that at seven targets?
1: Um, That was a... Hawk like two weeks ago, when uh, he had seven targets, oh, and no Oh yeah, catches. yeah, yeah. That's what
0: yeah. I'm. I'm confusing that. Sorry, but
1: I'm a. I'm a throw this off as a hawk game. Like I expect Arnold to just be back in the offense, and whatever you know, like especially a tight end. Yeah, the
0: goose eggs are just part of the territory. A tight end. Um, let's go over to the other side then, because the Falcons' offense has been absolutely atrocious. It's been disgusting, starting with Matt Ryan, who you can't even play in a matchup against the Jaguars. Tight end is the only place where the Jaguars are vulnerable in this matchup, it looks like, because you're not playing any of those wide receivers for sure. You're playing Cordero Patterson, and you're playing Kyle
1: Pitts, and that's it. Look, I'll just say this about Kyle Pitts, because if you have him, you're probably starting him. But, like, when's the expert consensus ranking at tight end four right behind Kittle Gronk? Not even—I have Gronk. I won this week because I love Gronk. But Kittle— Kelsey and Waller answers. and then and then Pitts right after like yo we're not ranking for a dynasty we're ranking for a week 12 fuck out of here with Kyle Pitts at tight end 4 he's been better than tight end 4 two times this season and that was against the Jets and Dolphins when Tim kept saying are the Falcons good or did they face the Jets and Dolphins <laughs> yeah. and that kind of supports the argument of Jacksonville but the truth is that Kyle Pitts is a decent player at this point he's basically any other streamable tight end and he's a Someone that you can stream at tight end. You're probably starting him every week, but he's more streamer than anything. So and fuck out of here with the tight end four ranks. And without Calvin Ridley there, there's absolutely no one to take away from um, Kyle Pitts. Especially last week, we saw with Cordell Patterson out. Cordell Patterson now he practiced this week on a limited basis every day, which makes him more likely to play this week than he did last week. And if he does return, you play him for sure against Jacksonville. I'd Rank him right back as a top fifteen running back and top fifteen wide receiver, and all that, depending on where you have him in your league or whatever. Or what position, but that I think that would help Kyle Pitts a little bit. But Jason's right in terms of Kyle Pitts just being blah at this point. Thing is, you got to start him. It's it's kind of like if you drafted T.J. Hawkinson, you just have to start him because you drafted him. Um, you take the ups with the downs, even though there's been more downs of late.
0: It's just it's the tight end, unless unless you have Mark Andrews this year. You've been disappointed at a certain period of time, Kelsey. You've had at least two games where you are disappointed. Yeah, but but for the most part, Kate. But I'm just saying, like everyone, disappoints you. Everyone.
1: And then Matt Ryan, his last two games, dude, two point sixty eight and four point (sighs) twelve. Can't even trust him against Jacksonville. No, no. It's a very, very ugly game.
0: Stay away from my team. Um, let's go over to
1: the. And I'm I'm just adding, like Russell Gage. Oh, Lameda Zacchaeus. I'm not trusting those guys either. I mean, every time Russell Gage, you think he's going to start being a decent contributor, he puts up a donut. Like, no thank you. My brief look, brief if, intermission before the next game. Reports suggest the Cowboys are considering sitting Zeke so he could heal up. Mm. So he doesn't keep playing with his knee injury. That would make Tony Pollard a top three running back. Yeah, and that would definitely even being being sarcastic. Have Zeke. Yep. It's not what you want to hear if you have Zeke. Unless you have Pollard, unless you also have Pollard, which is why Tim is on the grab your own handcuffs bandwagon. I mean, I'm. I think at this point in the season, you definitely should try to have your own handcuffs. <laughs> I mean, I'm no. a. I'm. I'm thinking for. Wait,
0: what? What player are we talking about again? My bad. It's just Zeke and Pollard. Polished. Yeah, I'm. 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 I'm thinking it's a bad thing because if you had both, like I started both Zeke and Pollard this week, and I got pretty good performances out of both of them. Yeah, that's true. I did, I did have a good time. <laughs> But, I mean, good performances out of both of them. And, yeah. I mean, I was considering doing that again next week. But now it doesn't look like you're going to be able to. Um, if the last game Michael said was an ugly game, this game is the Spider-Man meme where the two Spider-Mans are pointing at each other. The New York Jets at the Houston Texans. The Texans are two-and-a-half-point and favorites. They do. Guys, 83% of the money's coming in on Houston. As favorites. As favorites, no. Well, it's the money line minus one forty five. Minus one forty five, though. Eighty three percent.
1: I think that's a. I think they gonna learn.
0: That's wild. Now just, I I hope Zach. Wilson that's makes just them silly. learn.
1: Silly. I really hope. Look, he the does.
0: only way to fucking speak about that is is silly. Look, look, look. I want to say one thing. Silly. And I'm gonna preface it with this. I'm a Jets fan, so you should I think know that know before that I say by it. Now. Let's check Jets. Up, that's let's people. go Jets. Your Jets but, flight. <laughs> Well, Take maybe flight. maybe some people don't. Um, <laughs> I think that this game is shady, one of those games where the Jets could maybe explode. Because Zach Wilson has been sitting on the sidelines, kind of learning how to check it down from Mike White and Joe Flacco for the last four weeks. He's been like taking his time to, to return. They've been working with him. They got John Beck over, his personal quarterback coach, to be working with him and training him. And Houston is a vulnerable defense. I think that him coming back this week was not an accident. I think it was always meant to be against Houston. They they circled that on the calendar. This is a, a better matchup for him to come in and get his 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 mind right. And the Texans have been giving up a lot. Now, I think that there are some playable assets in this game, but my favorite one is Elijah Moore. I think Elijah Moore, is he, he's been great, and there's no reason why he won't continue to see an uptick in his snaps, and his targets, and if that's the case, an up, see an uptick in production. So I think number one on my list in this game is, uh, even if the Jets don't break out and it's just a regular
1: game, I think Elijah Moore has a, a, the ability to make some, do some damage. I want more Elijah Moore, the one and only, the goat. He's been an absolute stud. The wide receiver one overall over the past four weeks. Overall, folks, our the guy right 12, there.
0: I've been starting him in, in this one league where I'm second in the league in points and I'm three and eight overall. And I'm I renamed myself Phoenix and I'm coming from the ashes and I'm going to make the playoffs in that <laughs> league if it's the last thing I do.
1: That would be glorious, but I've looked into that league, Tim, and the person in sixth place has five losses, so he would need to lose out. You would need to win out. You're, no problem. It's it's going to be tough for no, you. No problem. But I believe in you. Right, but one of the great things about um, Elijah Moore is that we were clamoring for more work for the guy, yeah. right? Like, why isn't he seeing the field as much? Boom, 80% of snaps. Woo! 11 targets. Woo! More snaps than Jamison Crowder. Of course, Keelan Cole, Braxton Barrios, and all that. Damn, fire, fire. So sign me up for some uh, for some Elijah Moore this week against Houston because I don't think this is a uh, – I don't think it's a sham. I don't think it's going to be like he's a wide receiver two or better every week and trust him every week because there's going to be some ups and downs with Zach Wilson returning, and he hasn't played in a while, and we saw he was having a lot of rookie troubles. But, yeah, sign me up for some Elijah Moore, man. He's been great. Jason, what about Corey Davis he was
0: Zach Wilson's favorite target. Any interest in him in this game?
1: Yeah, Corey Davis, I his, I liked him a lot when the weeks first started when I looked into this game. And then he was questionable Wednesday, DNP Thursday, questionable again today, Friday. Um so he's likely to play. I'm a little concerned about. When you about say the questionable, injury. do you mean limited? Yes, yes, limited. Sorry. Like on practice. He's questionable for Sunday. Yeah. Um so I expect him to play. But groin injury, he has a groin injury. It's always a little weird. But he has been Zach Wilson's favorite target. And he has been decent. Like, he's he's missed some games due to injury. And if you look at what he's done this season, look, he has one, two, three, four games outside the top 50. But then he has one, two, three, four games inside the top 28, three of those inside the top 20. He's the ultimate boomer bust guy. And everyone's just sleeping on the boom portion. But I think this game has some boom potential for I Corey Davis.
0: I, if, if I'm staying away from the I, – I, I'm cool with starting Corey Davis, and I'm also cool with starting Elijah Moore. I'm not looking to start Jameson Crowder. I thought that was, a, I think that's a Joe Flacco thing, Jameson mm-hmm. Crowder. Um, what about these running backs? Tevin Coleman was the one who took the snaps when uh, Michael Carter went down. I, I'll tell you, Michael Carter going down against the Texans' defense is one of the more disappointing – Things for Michael Carter rosters, but with that being said, yeah. the Texans run defense has been a lot better over the past few weeks. They've been playing close games. Um, Tevin Coleman, uh, who's uh, why can't I Ty Johnson? Johnson? Ty Johnson, there you go. Yeah. Ty Johnson, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which one of these guys are you playing? If any? I don't. I don't know when Ty Johnson went into the Jets doghouse. I'm very confused about it. Like he was having some tremendous games. And then Michael Carter goes down, and then Tevin Coleman plays the same amount of snaps as Ty Johnson, gets five carries to Johnson's one. They each see a target. I don't want to trust Tevin Coleman just because he's looked bad, one, and he hasn't been good for years, and he's just old at this point. Like, there's nothing to like about Tevin Coleman. And I wanted to like Ty Johnson this week, but him too. Like, if I had to choose one, it would be Ty Johnson just because he's proven himself way more this season. I was just very confused as to why he like, just got completely diminished from the offense. Like, against Buffalo, he saw eight targets. And, like, the three weeks, the four weeks in a row before that, he was a double-digit half PPR score. Like, he was becoming a consistent option as, like, a flex play. And then he just gets the axe against Miami, which was very weird. Maybe it was, like, a one-off type of thing. So I definitely think Ty Johnson would be the more appropriate play here if you were looking into the Jets' backfield. Uh, Want to go over to the Texans' side, Jay? Yeah, sure. Let's go over to the Texans' side.
0: How are you feeling about Tyrod Taylor in this game, man? I'll tell you what. I got Ryan Tannehill in my home league. I got a must win on my hands, and I am back and forth right now between Tyrod Taylor and Jimmy G. I don't know who I'm going to start. Right now I have Taylor on my team. Jason, what do you say? What do you think?
1: I think Taylor just has more upside than Jimmy G. Um, or I think I'd go there. The thing is, Taylor, like he's not going to blow the world away. His two best games this year, he's been quarterback 11. But the Jets are fourth, are the fourth worst team in <coughs> quarterbacks point against. They're the worst of all time, basically, against running backs. And Tyler Taylor so runs bad. a little bit. so 37.2 points per game to running backs this year. Yeah, it's wild. 67.9% points over average. Rex Burkhead, weak. I mean, Taylor's essentially guaranteed to have at least like 20 rushing yards. Against the Jets, he should be able to pass, complete some passes. I expect to, I expect him to end in like the 15 to 20 points range.
0: Michael, you said something and you were half joking, but you said Rex Burkhead week your Rex Burkhead, David Johnson, do they Royce Freeman's on this team if you didn't know? Yeah. Philip Lindsay got the axe. Philip Lindsay got the axe now so it's, it's at least at least a little more clear. It does seem as though it's going to be a Rex Burkhead game and Rex Burkhead has crushed the Jets before. Is he a shady start this week? Dude,
1: The David Johnson and Rex Rex Burkhead last week. David Johnson saw 35 snaps. Rex Burkhead saw 27. So David Johnson got a fair bit more work overall, like being on the field. But Rex Burkhead, I don't know if they love the guy or something, but he had 18 carries on 27 snaps. That's like 67% of the time he was on the field. He got a carry. And it's not like he was highly effective with them. David Johnson got four targets. Rex Burkhead got zero So David Johnson got the targets and 13 carries compared to Rex Burkhead's 18 carries. But Rex Burkhead we saw a couple weeks back against the Rams too start to get worked in and had one of the better games that any uh, Houston player has had. And that was with pass catching involved too. I think the Texans have shown several times this year that David Johnson is just not someone they really like too much. They just play him because they're kind of forced into it. So if I had to take a shot on one of these guys, it would be Rex Burkhead But I think they're both kind of viable flex plays. Like, like I was just saying, I don't follow bad defenses and, I mean, bad offenses, even if they're against bad defenses and all that. But this is a historically bad run defense, honestly. It's just been start your running backs against the Jets weekly, and it's been glorious. Like, an average of 37 points allowed per game to opposing running backs is one of the most absolutely ridiculous things I've ever heard. They've given up. Double-digit points to at least two running backs in
0: every game except two. And the only reason is yep. because they played two teams that only gave it to one running back.
1: Oh Well, last week it was only Miles Gaskin, but... Three teams. They don't really... They didn't use a second running back. Teams that use two running backs, they've been getting double-digit scores across both. So maybe both are good plays. Yeah.
0: Oh, man. Ugly. But this is what fantasy football
1: is about, right? Um, Brandon Cooks and no one else
0: in the terms of receivers. Basically, Even Brandon yeah. Cooks. I mean, I've yeah. been
1: I've been shitting on Cass. Shout out Cass. We love Cass. He's part of the Brodo fan, but I've just been shitting on him over the last several weeks about Brandon Cooks cuz he can't get over Brandon Cooks and I'm like, "Bro, just get over Brandon Cooks."
0: You're a little too hard on Brandon Cooks. Two receptions, 18
1: yards against Tennessee. This guy has less than 9 half PPR fantasy points three of the last 4 weeks. It's just it's not ideal. Like you're going to start him if you have him, but He was better with Davis Mills he was better with Davis Mills, interestingly enough. But out, outside of those first three games where he was like awesome and it was like, wow, maybe Brandon Cooks is going to be a steal at ADP. He has just been very, uh, very frustrating to roster. And you can't really trust him week in and week out as anything more than a wide receiver three at this point with some downside. But also he has the upside to get you 15 plus points. We'll see how this game goes. I wouldn't be shocked if would you be shocked if Tyrod Taylor ends with, like, 140 passing yards and it's a running game for the Texans and a defensive gross game? Stop. Stop
0: yourself. I don't. don't what do you mean? Don't bring that evil on me.
1: Jay, would you be surprised if Tyrod Taylor threw for, like, 140 yards? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised He surpassed either. 140 yards in half his games this year. There you go. Like, yeah, 125 passing yards against Cleveland, 107 against Tennessee. I can see that happening again.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Let's go on to our next one and, and AFC West Showdown. The Los Angeles Chargers at the Denver Broncos. The Broncos are favored by three. I mean, I'm sorry, underdogs by three points. I was going to say, they're not favored. And the over under is 47.5 points. All right. So I'm going to talk about defenses again because I have a little bit of. I'm going on a hot streak, I'm a hot take here. Okay. I told you to start this Eagles run because of the offensive line troubles that the. The Broncos have had. And I'm going to continue saying that. Uh, Bobby Massey's is 50-50 to play. Garrett Bowles is still on the COVID list. That's their two starting tackles. The Chargers' D, though, has been terrible for fantasy. Guys, you know how many points the Chargers' D has, has scored overall this year?
1: Like fantasy points? Fantasy points. They've been very bad. Not They just yeah. They don't really. They overall, they don't I'll really go close with turnovers. 33.
0: 36 oh, so close. points. <laughs> That's almost 100 points less than the Patriots, who have been the best-scoring uh, defense. That's the third least. But the Broncos and have crazy, been— it's
1: crazy because their defense has been great. Yes. They just don't, like, turn people over really, and they don't score touchdowns.
0: But I see this a lot like I saw the Eagles matchup. There's a lot of similarities between the Eagles and the Chargers. So I'm starting the Chargers in a couple leagues uh, as my streaming play on on defense. So I think that's a good play. Let's go over to the other side of the Broncos because— the reason why I think there's a good play is because Teddy Bridgewater sucks. And I think this game is uh, – it sucks how many good receivers that they are that they have that they're wasting right now and they're just giving big money to and just wasting. Um, I like both of the running backs in this game. I like Melvin Gordon more than I like Javante Williams. I think that's where I'm hanging my hat on in this game. I think Melvin Gordon is a good one.
1: If you like Melvin Gordon better than Javante Williams it's because congratulations, you've been playing fantasy football this entire season. Yep. I hate that people are like – not getting this by now. I mean I we have, also both have of them a big time on a lot of teams. A big time Mel Go revenge game narrative here Ooh, against the Chargers. I didn't even think about that. Against the uh, Chargers who give up points to opposing running backs. They are thirty first in points over average to receiving backs, third in rushing, and that's fine with Mel Go. He's been doing most of the pass catching on that offense, but pass catching is not part of that offense very much to begin with anyways. The guy they they run a lot and uh Melgo gets the goal line, red zone touches, and um it's gonna be a good Melgo game. I do think like he's been a consistent RB two flex play this year. I think that continues against the Chargers here. Their their lineup, excuse me, their schedule the rest of season against opposing defenses is glorious for running backs. Um but again it's Melgo and Javante Williams splitting the work though, which makes it tougher to uh trust these guys. But definitely prefer Melgo to Javante Williams, though, as long as Melgo's getting the more high um, impact touches. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a great analysis, Jason. I mean, um, Michael, but thanks. Yeah, but analysis. Jerry Judy, I want to say. Um, Not a great matchup judge. at all against the Chargers. Chargers are 31st in points allowed to opposing wide receivers, 30th in points over average. But Jerry Judy, when he's been playing, seven targets, six receptions, 72 yards, four targets, four for 39 in his first game back. Then eight targets, six for 69. Nine targets, six for 48. It hasn't been ideal, but he's been the clear main cog in that offense while everyone has been healthy. Um, this has rendered basically everyone else in that offense irrelevant and has made even Jerry Judy just a flex play at this point. So it's been a very ugly – it's been very ugly, um, to say the least, the passing offense over the last several weeks. But Teddy Bridgewater, we were talking about the Bengals earlier. Teddy Bridgewater has more pass attempts than Joe Burrow does this year. That's just – that's not okay. That's not really on topic here. I just thought that was a crazy stat. Um but yeah, it's against the Chargers a very tough matchup and they they can also get beat by the tight ends but Noah Fant has been very mediocre. Oh, uh, he's as been well good, man. He's just he's just a tight end. He's been good. He's been good, but like 8.4, 1.8, 6.4, 20.2, 3.5. He has the downs. He could he he's could have a, a good end. game as well, but he went 5 for 59 against Philly who is almost equally as bad against a tight end as the Chargers. So another 5 for 59. Like a five for fifty nine game probably doesn't get you. You're not upset about it, but it also it does also doesn't really excite you. So I mean, but this offense you can't trust Cortland Sutton at the moment. I don't want to trust Tim Patrick, even though he probably has the best chance to catch like a forty yard touchdown. It's it's tough. It's tough to trust this offense now with the way uh the way they've just been spread, spreading everything apart and not super effectively. Yeah, the tight ends have
0: been able to score on the on the Chargers. I like Noah Fant a lot this week. I think he's my favorite play. Let's go to the other side. Mike Williams, man, was last week the the comeback, or was last week just like he hit a big play so he didn't disappoint
1: you? You gotta hope it is because you're diving right back in, man. Diving right back in. You Thanks gotta first. keep him in your lineup. And after last week, you're hyped about it. Wide receiver ten overall, but you know, the two weeks before that, he was the four weeks before that, he was never in the top forty. So you just gotta hope for the best. the The concerning thing is. No more targets, right? Like, he had six targets. That's how many he's been seeing. Yeah. It's not like his targets went up. He just caught five balls and made some plays. And wasn't the big play that he made? That was, like, right at the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, 50-yard right. touchdown. That, uh, like, when they had yeah. to pass, they were in a passing situation. Like, this was very close to being another disappointing game. Haters will say, too, that uh,
0: if Fitzpatrick was there, it would never happened. Mika. Haters will
1: say that. Haters will say that. Haters gonna hate. Lovers gonna love. The I don't even want none of the above. Guys, guess what Minka Fitzpatrick's middle name is. Tika. It Has to be something crazy or. Anan. Minka, Minka Anan, Anan Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. That's a interesting name. Minka Anan. Okay. Well, I wonder where Minka he's from. and Anan are two names I don't think of. I've, I've really heard outside of Minka Fitzpatrick. M- Minka, Minka Kelly. Minka Kelly. But Minka Kelly is but spelled that's, without that's the H. Minka. It's kind of different.
0: Yes, yeah, Minka. This is Mika. No, oh, there's man, N. it's Minka
1: Fitzpatrick.
0: No, Mink, Minka Kelly. No, it's not. It's, no, it's Minka, Minka Kelly. Kelly. It's got an N in it? There's yeah, no bro. There's just, not just no "a". Mi- it's
1: not Minka Kelly? No, bro. Minka Kelly. Bro, are you sure? Absolutely. i it right now. It's Minka. M-I-N-K-A. Oh,
0: damn. I got to get up with my Kellys. Um, the Broncos have been susceptible through the air. Uh, what's his name? Uh, man, I am. Keenan Allen has been. has killed the Broncos in the past. So definitely a good play here. How you feel about Austin Eckler after a
1: giant game? Austin Eckler is always someone you happily start, and it was it was remarkable seeing what Jonathan Taylor did, and then Austin Eckler's like, yeah, I'll see if I can match you, and he almost did. Um, the positive part there in that game for me was that he saw seven targets. Uh, that's the most he's seen since week six. It's not like he was being phased out of the. I, oh, I'm sorry, he did have one game a week eight, but it, it's good to see him get seven targets again because Austin Eckler is at his best when he's seeing around that many targets. And there's been games this year where he's seen three, four, five targets. I like it when he sees seven, and I expect him. I expect him and Keenan Allen to keep doing their thing, man. Because at the end of the day, when Mike Williams isn't playing as well, all that really means is that it's going to different people, and it's Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, or unless Justin Herbert's struggling. For those two guys, I'm starting happily in this game. I agree that I think it's a Keenan Allen game, and Austin Eckler is going to be going to stay hot. I'm a beat. I'm a beat. All right, let's uh, not a Jared Cook game to chase. No, Broncos are 32nd, aka the worst matchup you could have in points over average.
0: Let's go over to our next gam- Um the Los Angeles Rams. At the Green Bay Packers, the Packers are one-point favorite, so basically a pick them over under 47, so points to be had in this game. This should be a fun one. Aaron Jones has practice every single day.
1: Yeah, this guy might actually
0: return. He might actually return. So how are you feeling about him if he does? Oh
1: be fucking ecstatic I heard that. as someone who has Aaron Jones. Tim just farted. I saw. have Aaron Jones in uh, my um, FPC league and FPC, and man, oh, man my backup running back is like Eno Benjamin. Uh, Jeffrey Wilson too actually. So that was that was useful last week I guess. But I really want Aaron Jones back and look as long as Aaron Jones plays I'm starting him. Easy peasy, easy breezy. I think it'll be probably more of an RB2 just cuz we don't know how much work what kind of workload he'll get. But I agree. And if I'm someone who has Dylan and Jones I'd probably prefer Jones to just miss one more game be fully healthy, let oh, me yeah. roll with AJ Dylan. Yeah. For fantasy purposes. But, like, I'm not of the type to think that Jones is going to come back and then A.J. Dillon is just going to be, like, the main back or, like, 50-50 split. I think Aaron Jones is better than him, and he's going to get more work. A little bit of a concerning thing, the Packers have a week 13 bye. So they might want to work it slow with Aaron Jones.
0: That's why I was most surprised that Aaron Jones coming back this week. Yeah. Um, MVS is an interesting play here because – Ten targets. If Alan ten and if Alan Lazard is out, we've we've said this a lot in the podcast. I know I've said this a lot. When Alan Lazard and MVS are both healthy, they are not playable. When one of them is hurt, it always seems like the other guy goes off. Alan Lazard had a big game this week, this year with no MVS. MVS had a big game with no Alan Lazard. It looks like it could be MVS again with no Alan Lazard, but you're chasing points with MVS, which also never seems good. So, Michael, what is your—obviously, you're playing Devontae Adams. Uh, what is your thoughts on MVS?
1: MVS is an interesting soul because we've seen <laughs> him—like, uh, he's done it several times in the past, and you don't want to buy into it because he has a floor of zero. But then he also shows it a ceiling of 21.3, four receptions, 123 yards, and a touchdown against Minnesota on 10 targets. That's what you really like to see. Um First time anyone really like said I am the number two option. Hear me roar type shit in uh in Green Bay. Robert Tunyon is out now too. You cannot trust Jos- Josiah Degora or Mercedes Lewis or anything. And in what would have been a good matchup for opposing tight ends. Um. So I mean I think Valda Scanling. Uh, yeah, I I trust him as like a flex option, knowing that he could get you zero, but also knowing he could win you a week if he has um another long touchdown which is not like the craziest thing that could happen
0: especially not in this matchup especially now with lazard gonna miss um people are saying aaron Rodgers has COVID toe and i know that you look i know that look the guy called tovid tovid (laughs) look the guy probably should have gotten vaccinated the guy probably should have just listened to the rules and I, stay, I try and stay away from this stuff because everything is politicized. I'm not trying to put it out in this fantasy world. But he did show his foot, and it doesn't look like COVID toe. I mean,
1: like they it, said it's a fractured toe. He's got a fractured oh. toe,
0: so let's leave the guy alone. Uh, he did he did his time, all right? Um, how do you feel about him against the Rams D,
1: which is a run funnel defense? Rams D, Schmams D, Lamb D, because I like Lamb. Gordon Ramsey? You're starting Aaron Rodgers in a game against the Rams because I don't care if they have Jalen Ramsey and anyone else. It's a game against the Rams. And this is a game that could ultimately be for the number one seed in the NFC. And this is a game of two teams who know that they can make it to the Super Bowl. I expect there to be scoring. I don't expect this to be some boring game that ends 17-10. to 10. I think Rodgers and Stafford are going to come to play. And that might not be... Super statistical. But that's just how these guys roll, and I'm rolling out Rodgers and Stafford because of that. All right, so let's talk about the Rams. Let's talk about
0: Stafford's. Let's talk about Stafford's weapons. Obviously, you're playing Cooper Cup. That's a no-brainer. Obviously, you're playing Daryl Henderson. That's a no-brainer. So that leaves you with three guys that could all be fantasy viable options. First one, OBJ. He's the big wild card. Mm-hmm. Second one, Van Jefferson, who. All of a sudden, he lost his role to OBJ, and then, without even losing his role, went back into his role once Robert Woods went out, uh, and his role hasn't been very fantasy efficient. It's been up and down, and more downs than ups, and then you have Tyler Higby, who's been basically a bust outside of a few good games. So, odds are one of these guys going to have a good game. Which one is it?
1: Yeah. Van Jefferson is someone that I've just been like, everyone's like... A couple weeks ago, remember everyone, like, he was ranked as, like, a top 35 receiver. And everyone was like, yeah, Van Jefferson week or something against Tennessee. And it was like, you guys, man, you need to, like, pay attention to what you're saying. Like, just because it's a good matchup doesn't mean someone who's been super up and down the entire season is just going to smash this week. And he had a, one of his worst games of the year. He went three for 41. Like, it's five and a half fantasy. I points. will say he's seen at least six targets four games in a row. Yeah, and, and then Robert Woods ended up getting hurt um of course then obj returned we don't know how much obj is gonna play he hardly played that first game because he had to be in a setting where they huddled up and he was told what to do and then they had to go um no huddle basically the entire game because they were trailing the whole time we'll see how much obj plays um this is this is a tough one though like i don't i don't know what we're supposed to be able to like expect out of these guys between, Van, Jefferson Van Jefferson and OBJ is 34th in the league in true target value. And that's how I see this week playing out. I have him at wide receiver 33. So I'm right there with his true target value. Stafford targets are important, are valuable, and they're going to have to score against the Packers. I don't hate Van Jefferson as wide receiver 3 this week. OBJ is a very risky wide receiver 3 flex play type of guy. I prefer... Jefferson to OBJ for this week. I think uh, I prefer Jefferson as well. If I'm ordering them, I'd say Jefferson OBJ.
0: But I think KB. Cooper,
1: like Cooper Cup, has been going off this year. Of course, I think he can go off again. The Packers have been great against opposing wide receivers, according to points over average. But we've seen when if one opposing wide receiver without Jair Alexander there, like Justin Jefferson, just said, "This is my job. This is what I do. I'm going to absolutely destroy you guys." Like Cooper Cup, I think has a chance to do that against Green Bay as well. Um. Coming off a bye, too.
0: This has nothing to do Matt with... Matt Stafford must be pissed. He hasn't been playing too well. This has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but I thought this was, this was cool. CBS said Thursday's Raiders-Cowboys Thanksgiving game was the most-watched NFL regular season game on any network since 1990. CBS said the game uh, had an estimated viewership of 38.531 million people. That's mad people. That's pretty loco crazy. That's pretty loco crazy. Um, loco crazy. Anyone else you guys want to talk about in this game? Daryl Henderson's a great play. Yes. Let's go over to the Minnesota Vikings at the San Francisco 49ers. Two teams that are red hot right now. Uh, and this, this is a fun one. The spread shows it. Minus three. The Packers are basically not Packers. I mean the Niners. It's basically a pick'em game. Shut up. And <laughs> the, the, the total points is over under a 49 and a half. So points to be scored in this game. Let's start on the Vikings side. Our boy, the true throw value, Prince. Kirk Cousins is still um, is still doing his thing. Jason teased it earlier about Kirk Cousins, so Jason, tell us about you uh, why you love Kirk Cousins so much in
1: this game. Yeah, um, this is what we created: defensive points over average for um, the 49ers are the second best matchup, only behind Washington against quarterbacks. They have defeated the Tennessee Titans for that number two spot and. No one would think that the 49ers passing defense is worse than the Titans. Like, you're not getting that information from anywhere else. But based on who they've played, they've allowed 30% more points over average to every quarterback that they faced. Kirk Cousins has been very good this year. He always has his up and downs. But he's not Patrick Mahomes, right? Like, everyone has their ups and downs. And I'm starting Kirk Cousins happily this week. He has three straight top nine finishes. Four out of his last five games, top nine. I'm firing up Kirk Cousins. Captain Kirk. Yeah. yeah, You like that? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Also starting, Justin Jefferson super happily. He is... uh, And Adam Thielen. We said we want Justin Jefferson to get ball. And Tyler Cockburn. Kirk Cousins said, I got you, boy. And Clint Kubiak said, don't worry, we got you. He's been an absolute monster these last two weeks, getting the targets. I don't see why that would change here against San Fran. The only issue I have with this game is that San Fran for back-to-back weeks very, very frustratingly have just dominated time of possession. That's what they do. They just get the ball, run it, 8-yard pass to Kittle, run it, 12-yard pass to Ayuk, 11-yard rush by Debo Samuel. Ten minutes is gone, and it's only been the first drive of the game. They've been doing that very well um, over these last two games when they've been uh, turning their season around a bit. I'm just a little scared that Minnesota doesn't get to run as many plays as we'd like. But if there's is able to hold up against San Fran's offense, I do like this um, offensive attack a lot against San Fran with uh, Cook, Jefferson, Thielen, and uh, Cousins.
0: Conklin, too, I think is a good play.
1: Yeah, Conklin is always a—he's uh, more of a touchdown-dependent type option. And, You're talking about tight ends. Everyone it's a tight end, that. so yeah. You could always throw Conklin in there and say, go do your thing, Tyler.
0: Let's go over to the other side. Uh,
1: the Minnesota Vikings defense, the Niners, real quick, also yeah. give up some uh, some points rushing to quarterbacks as well. Kirk Cousins uses his legs a bit. Maybe he rushes in a touchdown.
0: The Vikings have been up and down this year on defense. It's
1: yeah, they've been so it, it's hard. It's a team that's hard. That's that's hard to
0: prognosticate. So you have to go with what you Ooh, see. Bars from the Niners. You know, Debo's going to get the ball. They're finding ways to get him the ball all day. Brandon Ayuk's been involved. George Kittle's been involved. Elijah Mitchell might play. If he does, he's a good play. If he doesn't, Jeff Wilson's a good play. Um, a wide open touchdown was the difference that Jimmy G missed was the difference I, between I people loving one. Jeff Wilson last week and not and hating Jeff Wilson last week. Um, but so you are playing Jeff Wilson if if Elijah Mitchell Mitchell is out, mm-hmm. and that's the play. Like you, I am starting a lot of guys in this game because I think it's going to be a a kind of a shootout back and forth. I mean, who's a lot of guys?
1: Like I, you. So you're starting Kittle, is my assumption. Right, Ayuk, Kittle, Debo, and the running back. Yeah, I mean, I'm cool starting Ayuk this week, but I think, I think people are getting a little crazy. Jimmy G, too. He went seven for eighty-five last week, but it was he saw seven targets. That's fine. But Minnesota gives up points to the wide receivers. Yeah, no, I'm cool with Ayuk as a start this week. It just, I think it's a wide receiver three. He's he's set a decent like three of the last four games he's had at least eight and a half half PPR fantasy points. Like if that's his. Floor at this point, if that's going to be his floor, I'll take it as a wide receiver three. And he's definitely seeing the snaps at this point too. And then the, the main man, Debo Samuel. Top five wide receiver, top five running back, beats me. All I know is that you're starting Debo Samuel very, very happily. Shout out to Debo Samuel, who's just one of the most fun players to watch and just an absolute animal with the ball in his hands and also just a tremendous receiver in all regards anyways. Like, dude is nasty start him happily. And George Kittle is back to top 3 tight end status too. He he came back from his injury and he's been doing his thing. He's actually converting red zone touchdowns as well, which is scary for opposing defenses. I'm just waiting for a 49ers game with George Kittle returning where they have to pass more because George Kittle has been putting in work in low passing um low passing volume he's games. He's back though, man. He's he looks good. He is yeah, he's back. Shout out George Kittle.
0: Anyone else in this game you guys want to talk about? I think Jimmy J's Jimmy G's a good streamer. I was telling Jason. I never really liked to stream Jimmy G. Yeah. He's been he's been good. It's not a lot of upside, man. It's not. But it's a high floor. Cause it look, the man. I guess I gotta go with the upside play against Johnny because he, he was starting Daniel Carlson against me. I got Daniel Carlson.
1: Very disappointed. <laughs> you got Daniel Carlson. Uh let's go over to the Sunday night matchup. <laughs> Sunday night football on MSG. Mellow and the Knicks are the best on TV. Ravens, <laughs> we got Bayfield and the Bayfield. Ravens too. Lamar Jackson was drafted later, but he's better. Oh goodness, this is not one of your best works. It's not. I wasn't ready.
0: You're not. You're just gonna stop it right there. You're not even gonna finish it off. You're gonna let us all leave us all hanging. Is it finally
1: Bateman Day? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah, good. Yeah. Take that one. Cause Sammy Watkins sucks. <laughs> <Okay>. That's damn <laughs> fact. Every night, nobody wants to start him, man. That's all right. <laughs> all right, I'm cutting this off now.
0: Um, the Cleveland Browns are the Baltimore Ravens. So let's start with the Baltimore Ravens. The it looks like Marquise Brown's gonna play. I want to so. say something
1: real quick though. I have an athletic subscription. It's like the only thing I sub- subscribe to because I actually liar just... liar.
0: Yeah, He's like you on Netflix.
1: Oh, like I have Peacock. I mean, like. Content like journalism. It's not, wise. This, guy's nah. pe- this guy has a peacock. Nah, you're being, you're being I, a guy I, guy, I appreciate the uh I'm not your buddy the man. writing there. But I'm this one pal, dude pal. like a couple weeks ago <laughs> your guy, like buddy. he said to he said to your buddy, pick friend? up Sammy Watkins because he was returning and I was like, Yo, nice article like I commented, nice article, but come on, dude. Like when are we gonna stop telling people to add Sammy Watkins? What are we doing here? And he just responded like, Thanks for reading the article or maybe he was a little offended by it, but Come on, dude. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> it's Sammy Watkins. Aye, aye, aye. But yeah, as you know, that's Sammy Watkins. Don't play him. That's all. Sammy Watkins, don't play
0: him. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so let's talk about the people we can play then. Uh, Rashad Bateman, and Hollywood Brown looks like he's going to play. Rashad Bateman's a great play if Hollywood Brown does not play. Are you still willing
1: to play Bateman if he does? I'm cool with Bateman as a wide receiver three this week. But I. <sighs> Everything around Bateman is weird when it comes to, like, if you are in, like, fantasy Twitter world, everyone's like, oh, when are you going to stop saying it's Bateman time? And everyone's like, yeah, it wasn't Bateman time last week. Even though Ty- fucking Tylen Wallace or whatever the fuck. Not not Tylen Wallace. Devin Duvernay? No, no. The fucking quarterback. I said Tylen Wallace. Lamar Jackson Brent was Huntley injured Brett Huntley. Huntley throwing the damn ball. So, of course, Bateman's going to do nothing. But all I know is this guy's a first-round rookie who's had at least six targets in every game he's played in. Lamar Jackson is high in true throw value. The Browns he's defense, gonna man... He's going to have to find the touch end zone at, one, at some point. Plus, they're just fake, the Browns defense. The Browns are just a fake-ass team. I don't team.
0: know why you say that. The Browns defense has been good. No, nah, Browns defense... Brown- they're a negative the matchup just- in
1: every way. Against every position. And then they go out and give up OD monster performances. Like
0: Yeah, but so you—that's oh, that's the real Browns, but the ones where they... They shut out, like, big offenses. That's not the real Browns? I mean,
1: they don't shut out big offenses. They do. The only good offense that they shut down this year is Minnesota. Arizona was against uh, Colt McCoy. Like, Mm -hmm. otherwise, they give up 45 to New England, 16 to Cincy. All right, that's decent. All right, they haven't been terrible. But Thank like, you. 47 to the Chargers, 33 to the Chiefs, 21 to Houston, like a whole 21 points to Houston? Houston. Is disgusting.
0: Oh my god, 21 points. How how could they?
1: Anyways, I just I just think they're a bad team overall. That just is ugly and Baker Mayfield stinks.
0: Let's let's talk about the Ravens and then we're going to get over to that side. The I mean, Mark Andrews you're playing, Lamar Jackson, you're playing, you're very happy to play them. The running back situation. Devontae Freeman hasn't been the worst. No.
1: He has been highly serviceable. Michael did a little. Blind resume. Yeah. Blind resume based on points per game. Um, It was Devontae Freeman versus Javante Williams. Javante Williams has a points per game this season, like in a row, where you say, I don't want this guy on my team. And Devontae Freeman has a points per game where if you look at it, you say, oh, this guy's on the up and up. That's not the uh, the vibes you get when you discuss these guys because Javante Williams is the nice, fresh, young legs guy, and Devonte Freeman is the old vet who shouldn't be doing well, but he is. Four of his last five games is a double digits and half PPR settings, and he's getting the work in that backfield. 16 rushes last week out. Rush Latavius Murray, and he got all the targets. Six targets, six receptions, 31 yards. As long as Devonte Freeman is a lead back in that offense, it's going to mean something, so... <clears throat> I like Devontae Freeman as a as a RB2 this week. Lower-end RB2, of course, but RB2 nonetheless.
0: Speaking of RB2s, it looks like Kareem Hunt is back in action and is going to play this week. Surprising, considering there's a bye week coming up next week. Kevin Stefanski said so, so you're guessing he's going to play. How does Kareem – Do you are you comfortable playing Kareem Hunt in this matchup? The Ravens' run defense has not been how it has been in previous years.
1: Yeah, you know, with Kareem Hunt, the issue is that For him, like, efficiency is the name of the game. He's never going to get a crazy amount of volume, but he's just going to do well with that volume, and he might find the end zone. He had five touchdowns this season in six games before getting injured. But when you're coming off of an injury away against a decent team, I just don't know how much work Kareem Hunt's going to get. And when you're someone who doesn't get that much work regardless, like, he will get work in the mid to low teens – even if you take two numbers off that, and then even if he's a little bit rusty, so 12 touches from a slightly rusty Kareem Hunt is probably not going to result in the production that we're typically seeing from him. So that's why I'm concerned with Kareem Hunt. There's always a chance that he just comes out and kills it because he's a fucking talented-ass dude. But I'm a little concerned about it. I haven't been running back 27. Yeah, you don't know how much work he's going to come get back either. I do feel like the Browns have been like a slow playing recoveries this year for everyone except Baker Mayfield. So I assume he'll be back and getting his work. Not a tremendous matchup here against Baltimore, though. Nick Chubb is going to get his work. Um, I don't know. I think this could be a Like Nick Chubb certainly gets a bump down from, as always, like with Kareem Hunt there, they split the work. And Kareem Hunt had several games better than Nick Chubb even earlier this season. I don't know how this game is going to go against Baltimore, though. Who's been uh, very, very solid against opposing running backs? You start these guys for sure, but I think the ceilings might not be uh, very high in this one.
0: Anthony Schwartz is not going to be playing in this game. Donovan Peoples. Oh game no! Is Anthony Schwartz. Hey, that's what this Austin what
1: Hooper becomes an interesting guy. Yeah, I think the Joker too. You Tim guys will, never, gonna, you guys just will just, never quit No both of you no. Michael fucking won't quit Hooper Tim won't quit Njoku I'll just <laughs> nah, say Harrison Tim, Bryant Just to say someone else. name Tim bringing up Njoku every week now Is just like a joke at this point Yo Njoku He caught a touchdown Stop And he dropped it. a touchdown Two straight weeks 3.1 1, 1.6 8.3 5.4 2.8 1.1 he, he dropped a touchdown I don't, I don't care knows. That just means he dropped it Because he stinks Austin Hooper, on the other hand, back-to-back week seven point three and ten point five. Oh, you, you, all of a sudden, 7.3 7.3. All
0: 7.3
1: Basically, the seven. number one receiver. Seven
0: point three. But, but I'll bet you Nijuko Austin Hooper over a Nah, I think it'll be Austin Hooper. over nah, All right, then Nijoku shut up. I'm just saying, it's we haven't bet enough yeah. this year. Um, you you always say that, and you're always the last place in betting because we sure. don't bet enough. Because then, yeah. you always Cause then the at always the end of bets. We don't bet enough. Try to So why don't you bet? I'm not betting on Njoku. Kareem Hunt.
1: <laughs> Fuck you on a bet. Kareem Hunt. <laughs> is his name,
0: name going to be Kareem by the end of the week? <laughs> I'll take the no. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's go to the last game. We're getting a little delirious here. Yeah. Monday, Monday night. night football
1: on MSG. Stop lying. No. no. Yo, if this isn't a get-right game for Russell Wilson, I don't know what is, man. Real
0: quick, because since we did it for all the rest of them. Seattle Seahawks at the Washington football team. Washington football team is at home. Minus one and a half. At home against the Seahawks, favors against the Seahawks, over under forty six and a half. Michael, you tweeted the Seahawks' defense is uh, offense is broken,
1: absolutely broken. Uh, Do they fix themselves against a really bad defense here? Man, they have just been playing so slow, way below average in points per game. They're trying to establish the run with Alex Collins. Over the last two weeks, you know how many passing yards Russell Wilson has? Three hundred two over a two-week span. Disgusting. He's not rushing, really. He six rush attempts during that time. I know he has the finger thing going on, but what well, you're really just going to keep trying to establish a damn run while trailing with Alex Collins in the backfield, who has just been disgustingly awful, too. 10 for 36 last week. Woo, let's get him the ball more. 10 for 41 the week prior. Woo! 10 for 44. 16 for 35. Enough with Alex Collins. DJ Dallas, even if you start Alex Collins, DJ Dallas comes in and steals the touchdown. Like, maybe DJ Dallas ends up getting a bigger role moving forward. He's someone I would add just in case to see what happens. But this offense has been completely broken for several weeks now. Geno Smith's last week, he sucked. It's bad. With that being said, it's Washington. It's a get-right game. You drafted these guys with... Like belief in them, Russell Wilson, of course, D.K. Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. D.K. Metcalf even has had big games, even despite this uh, bad stretch recently. He had a big game with Geno Smith. These last two games have been by far his worst two games of the year, 4.1 and 5.1. Prior to that, he was very, very effective the entire season. I think he bounces back. Tyler Lockett ended up having a Tyler Lockett-esque game where he caught a couple deep balls, only four receptions, but he was able to tally up 115 receiving yards. I mean, I'm starting these guys, but I don't Don't even get me started with that backfield. If you start Alex Collins, because you love four and a half points.
0: I think Alex Collins has faced really, really tough opponents up until
1: this I point. Don't I care. love four and a half points. I'm joking. I don't. Um, interestingly enough, um, if you don't know, now you know. The Broto app has a betting corner now where we show spreads, over-unders, and all that stuff. And then we also have, as Tim mentioned this a little bit earlier, um, recommended bets based on Arian there's at no cap analytics. His model that has been um, solid over the last few years, very solid. And one of the favorite bets is Washington plus one. So his model also says Washington should win this game. Washington's um, been on the up and up too. So gotta love the that up. would likely mean that, you know, maybe maybe the Seahawks offense doesn't pick it up. All
0: I know is I'm hoping the Seahawks lose because
1: I think it's another good game for Tyreek McLaurin. I'm excited to see what he could do against Seattle. It's just this is scary. Who's guarding him in that back? I right? I kind of like all the wide receivers in
0: this game. I, I'm down for Metcalf, I'm down with Lockett, and I'm down for Terry. Yeah. What about Antonio Gibson? Who I thought he was gonna have a shitty Lockett game. Sucks. He had a shitty game, but the dude keeps getting the ball handed to him 20 times. He's like Josh Jacobs last year. Like if you're getting the ball that
1: much, I feel like you gotta play him. Man, 19 rushes, 95 yards, a fumble lost, and it was 7.5. Half PPR fantasy points. Seven and a half fantasy points on 19 touches is very gross. Um, but this is a tremendous matchup against Seattle. The thing with Seattle, they are 13th, excuse me, not 13th, third in points over average to opposing running backs, 10th against the rush, first against the pass, 67.6% points over average.
0: This is third, third,
1: beating third best matchup for the offense.
0: Just yes. To make that clear.
1: Which... Antonio Gibson doesn't catch passes, you guys. Like, if he, they're going to get beat through the air by the running back, it's going to be J.D. McKissick. Antonio Gibson has 19 receptions on the entire season. I know J.D. McKissick is coming off a couple bad games in a row, and they've been in positive game scripts um, over these last couple weeks because they've actually been playing well and got a couple wins. But he has 38 receptions on the season, double Antonio Gibson. Um, if this ends up being a game where they do have to pass a bit, J.D. McKissick could end up having a decent game here too. the The game script isn't clear because I mean it's obvious if they if they aren't trailing, Antonio Gibson's the main guy. But I do think J.D. McKissick is an interesting flex play this week with upside. Seattle, t-
0: just to give your point, Michael is thirty first in DVOA against the pass catching running backs. They've given up n- almost nine targets and seventy three point seven yards to the to the running back Man, per game. It's a lot. It's a lot. They've been terrible. So McKissick, actually very good play this week. Um interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I the return into moving moving McKissick up my rankings a little bit. I mean, I have
1: McKissick and Ramondre Stevenson and a lot of people would just say you start Ramondre Stevenson. I'm kinda I'm not sure. I'm a little torn. And the return of uh Logan Thomas, it seems. Um, fourth in points over average, the Seahawks are, which is a good thing for Logan Thomas if he is able um to return this week. He practiced Wednesday. I think he practiced Thursday as well. He's going to play 90-plus percent of the snaps if he does return. Hopefully, you don't know because he's been out with an injury for so long and it was sore when he was supposed to come back. So it does make him a riskier option, but in a tremendous matchup, I do think Logan Thomas would have some appeal as a streamer if you've been holding him or if you're able to get him off waivers because he's been out for so long.
0: Who would you start, Logan Thomas or Elijah Moore?
1: Jay, Logan Thomas, the guy who's been out for months and is a tight end, or the guy who's been the wide receiver one overall. Man, the fine. Last four Why are you weeks? comparing a fine. Receiver. Logan
0: Thomas or. No, nah, I don't even want to play this
1: game anymore. I was mad dumb. All right, you get out of here. Logan Thomas or
0: Higby? <laughs> Jason? Uh, Thomas. Kasicki.
1: Kasicki. I'm not answering. You know, I'm pissed right now. I'm not asking you. Thomas. Yeah, obviously we're not talking to you. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. You know what? The pod's here. almost over. Just get out. Yeah, bro, Just up get up the Mike. fuck out of <laughs> here. Uh, the pot is over,
0: Michael. Where, where could they find your bitch ass? The pod might be over, but the party's just started. Yo,
1: at Brotoff Mike. Jason, At BrotoFF Jason.
0: At Brotoff Tim is where you can find me. At Brotoff Casanova is where you can find Casanova. Branding, see what we did there. Um, at BrotoFantasy Fantasy on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Don't forget to check out Johnny's uh, Bulls and Bears report. Who have been hitting, baby? Yeah. Johnny's coming out here swagging. He's been straight money. He's been money. So check that out on TikTok. Um. Yeah, that's all we got for you. I know we were a little quick today because we had 12 games to do it. We It's pod's an hour and a half long. Yeah, it's not that. We never um, really. It's just not two episodes this
1: week. Yes, we all real quick.
0: But still, uh, if you have any specific uh, start-sick questions, you could download the Fantasy Football by Broto app and get instant uh, answers based on our four consensus rankings. And then, uh, if you want, you can hit us up on Twitter, at Broto Fantasy, uh, with any questions you have. You're... Or you could be a patron and ask us private questions. Private questions only for Discord and ask all the other patrons. Exactly. Or our OnlyFans. It's a treat. Um, Jason's. Don't worry. Jason is going to look into enlargement surgery. I know you guys were really, really like
1: worried about him. That's what draws people into the OnlyFans. The tininess. (laughs) (laughs) later. This is getting crazy. Right. Later. Later.